and we're live. All right, this is so, we need something higher than this, like that. What can I do, guys? I'm gonna make it like this. I know, get a tripod. But does anyone have any other ideas? Oh, yeah. What is that? Wow. Any one of those? Hold on. There's situation over here. Cool. All right. Who needs a tripod when you got this? It's like two in one. Okay. Good morning. Are you all fasting? Yes. yes? Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you now. We're gonna learn now why what you're doing today is amazing for your soul. Okay. So. Okay. Good. Come. Come. We need every single person here together. What are the last of the Mohicans? <laughs> okay, so here we go. All right, so uh, the sources, the sources say like this. The sources say about fast days, okay? How to fast days, what are fast days? And like, what's the chashivas of a fast day? Chashivas of a fast day is that the Rabbi uh, Eliyahu Kitov, Sefer Todah, he writes, he says there, that if a person fasts, and doesn't go internal, doesn't go inside at any point in the day, even if it's for a minute, even if it's for like, go outside here in the back by yourself for a minute and just be like, hi Hashem. Like, and I'll, you're going to get the rest of it at the end of, well, we're, I'm going to get deeper into that idea in a second. Okay? It says if a person fasts and doesn't go internal, it's like when a person picks a fruit off a tree and peels off the fruit, eats the peel and throws out the fruit. Why? Because it's like you, you like, it's almost like leading the, leading the animal to the water. It's like no water, no water, no, leading the animal to the water and then the animal stands there. You're like, drink! Drink the water! You need this! Drink the water! Right? A fast day for our neshama and our goof and our, and our body also. Aside from the fact that fasting is really, really, really healthy for our body, every, the way Hashem structured it in our calendar, it's brilliant because a human being needs to fast every so often. I think only recently is it becoming more uh, known in the in the world that fasting, intermittent fasting, and the idea of fasting is really really healthy for our body because what it does is like it almost like um, uh, restarts it. It gives it a restart because it's almost like the stuff that we eat and the stuff that we ingest goes through our system, right? It goes through our system, and oftentimes a lot of it doesn't get digested for days. For days, doesn't get digested. There are certain foods that, like, um, like hard cheese, like string cheese, stuff that we eat all the time. It literally takes a long, 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 long time to not just digest, but even the act of um, removing certain like toxicity from our body, excreting. All, like a lot of people that fast, all of a sudden have like tons of bathroom. How are they having bathroom if they're fasting? Because there's, there's a backup in the colon, and there's a backup in different areas of our body that when we fast, we actually give our, it's almost like, it's almost like our body's like, okay, stop, stop putting food inside, we're digesting, and then we stop putting food inside for 24 hours, 25 hours, or this fast is a half, it's like, a, it's only a day, so it's, it's less even, right? How many, how many hours is it from how many hours is that? Let's see, let's say that's like six, twelve, six hours, 
12 hours, half of it, okay? half of 24 hours of the day. Okay, so we go into the bathroom, all of a sudden it becomes more. Why? Because whatever is there, now the body's working on. It's not, like not dealing with new stuff coming in, it's dealing with the old stuff that needs to get out. Many people all have skin problems, have stomach issues, have back issues, have mind, like they can't focus, they can't think. Everything is because a lot of it is because of the food that we eat that's backed up. And then we don't have energy. And then because our body is so, so busy trying to get rid of the stuff that we don't need anymore in our body. Right? A lot of the stuff that we eat is also garbage. So trying to get rid of all this, process it, digest it, and get rid of it. But when we keep eating all the time, one time, like we just keep eating, keep eating, the body's always busy digesting. When the body's always busy digesting, automatically we look older. Our skin starts to wrinkle younger. We have less energy. Okay? We, we have brain fog. We have, um, we have a confusion. People get confused. They don't know what, how to approach things. ADD comes a lot from the food that we eat. Okay? So there's, there's, this is, uh, aside from all the spiritual effects that we're going to get to at the rest of the class, the actual physical effects of just stopping to ingest for 12 hours and allowing our body to just digest what is, you'll see, you'll go to the bathroom, you'll see, you will, you will, at the end of the fast, what happens to a person when they fast, let's say for 24 hours, like Yom Kippur, right? They fast, like for Tisha B'Av. They fast for longer, all of a sudden, at the end of it, have you ever felt like after Nihil, like you have a lot of energy? Have you ever felt that? Like you don't even need to eat yet? Like you're good, like waiting even another half hour to eat? You don't have to jump on top of the Oragalach and Shul? Like you're good? You know what I'm talking about? Yes? Yes? Right? Because when we get rid of all the garbage inside of all of a sudden our, our, our life force, our energy, we feel it. We feel more energized. We feel more energized. So, number one, fasting. Brilliant concept. People don't like doing it. It's not fun because people don't like doing anything that doesn't feel fun. But what we've learned in Breakthrough many, many, many times, and what we've said here many, many times, is that running towards discomfort is where we will feel alive and on fire and excited and, and awake and energized. When we run towards discomfort, doing things that are not comfortable, that are not easy, that are not fun. I really, really want my cup of coffee right now. I really, really want my breakfast right now. I really do. I don't. But let's say I would. Okay? Because I, I, I'm at a point already where I'm, I'm, I lo- love fast days because I understand the benefits of them and I feel the benefits of them. So I look forward to fast days where I used to like, I don't want to feel like anyone's dragging me into doing anything and like it's such a bummer. I don't want to have that kind of feeling about anything that I'm doing. If I'm doing it, I want to feel good about it. So now when we learn the benefits, it's like, oh, I can do this. It's till six o'clock in the afternoon. I can handle this. But what we're learning here is that there's a concept called gufa de fish together. That when you do something in your physical body, that's not fun for you. Because again, people don't want to do these things. It's not fun for you. It's not fun for you to go exercising. It's not fun for you to fast. It's not fun for you to eat only healthy food. It's not fun for, it's not fun for us. Right? But when we actually stick to it as much as we can, not 100%, not all the time. I'm not into extremes. I'm not into like always eating healthy, always exercising. Always, like no. But when we do incorporate it into our lives, often when I say, you know what, I'm just going to, I need to get like four pieces of fruit and five pieces of vegetables into my body. Why? Not because it's tasty, not because I love it, not because that's also a nice thing, but because I know this is medicine for me. I know the fibers in here. I know the juices in here. I know the water in here. I know the vitamins in here are like 
bring life to my body. So I'm just gonna do that. Right? I'm not gonna think, is it tasty? Is it yummy? How much do I love it? The pizza tastes better. Eat the pizza, but also eat this, right? Not all or nothing. So people don't like going in these directions of running towards their discomfort because we have two negating voices going on simultaneously. And one voice says, be, do, live, create. I want to live life. I want to be happy. I want to feel energy. That. And then another voice says, sit, relax, chill, whatever. Don't do anything. Don't move. Eat what you want. Feel good. Doesn't matter. Right? And we're stuck kind of in the middle. We become more of what our choices are. So, for example, if I choose more often than not to do things that I know are not fun for me, but you know what? I'm just going to drink this cup of coffee, this cup of water before I have my cup of coffee. I'm just going to drink this cup of water, my eight-ounce cup of water. And I don't feel like it. I want to drink my cup of coffee first. I'm just going to get this cup of water in. Making choices that are healthy. Bring in, eat the stuff that's not healthy. Do the things that are, that are not healthy. But also eating stuff or drinking things that are healthy beforehand, what it does to you spiritually. Aside from what it does to you physically, physically the, the effects are amazing. What it does to you spiritually is that it allows you to become stronger spiritually, more connected to yourself, more alive, more energized. How? Just from a cup of water? It's not the cup of water. It's the decision to do something uncomfortable before the comfortable. It's the, even if it's nothing, it's, a, it's the decision, someone dropped something, the decision to bend down and pick it up for her, even though you don't feel like it, it's the doing the uncomfortable before the comfortable. It's the, it's the pushing yourself a little harder, just a little bit. You don't want to, you don't feel like smiling at anyone right now. You really had a hard day. So you, you smile at one person. It doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? It's those small, tiny, little, itsy bitsy decisions of like literally drinking up a cup of water the first thing when you get up in the morning to praying to going for a 5-10 minute walk as opposed to going straight to your dorm room, make it a little longer, go through the park, take yourself on a little hike, a drop, and then go back to your dorm room. Any of these things that you do for yourself that are in the realm of discomfort, I don't feel like it because I want to go straight for the comfort, straight for the pleasure, those things create you. Those things allow you to feel yourself, to be yourself, to, feel, to walk in your own shoes, to fill your potential, to touch your potential, to, get, to feel like, wow, that's what allows our mind to become expansive and creative. And that's what gives us joy. That's what gives us joy. You know, take these kids that grew up in like these multi-million dollar homes, right? Like Kardashian kids or whatever. Any of these like rich, famous kids, right? Oftentimes, more often than not, these kids are very, very depressed. How? You tell me how. Tell me how it's possible. Tell me how it's possible. Give me, the, give me the formula, the equation. What's going on? They're depressed. They're on drugs. They're doing bad stuff. They're not happy. Because every, everyone and everything that they're surrounded with is so based on materialism, superficiality. They don't feel a person kind of like no identity. Everything is their clothing and their hair. Okay, go deeper. You can go deeper. What's going on on a on a mental psychological level over there based on what we just learned? That when you, yeah, they run like for like 
like instant pleasure. Like their their whole life is based on instant pleasure. Instant pleasure. So what does that do to human being? It destroys them. How? They're not really getting the real stuff that is good for them. They're getting the things that they want. And therefore, it's making them feel like empty because they don't have a real... Good. Go deeper. What's the equation? Give me a formula. This plus this equals this. Come on. I don't know. You know. We just said this. Girls, we're, you're gonna, you have to say this. You, it's your job now. You have to figure this out. A human being, okay, a, a productive. Now, you want, at the end of this product, pro, product line, what's it called? A product line? A what? No, like when, when a product is being made, it goes on a, on a belt, and it has, what's it called? A product line? I know you're talking about Whatever. At the end of this process, you want to get a human being that is happy, that is kind, that is fulfilled. Okay, that's what you want for this person. How do you make that happen? So what we see is that, oh, the whole world says, if I am rich and famous and I get what I want all the time, <laughs> then I'll be happy. That's what the world, that's the equation of the world. But then we look and we say, hey, all the people that are the multi-billionaires and their kids, what's going on there? They're all in rehab or not or on drugs or, or depressed or snobby and snotty and, and no good refined meadows. Now, not, not all, but a lot. So, so if this equation doesn't work, it doesn't bring us the product that we want, uh, a happy, joyful, calm, productive, energized human being doesn't give us that and so it doesn't give us that so so what does give us that then how would if you were to build a human being what would this human being need to go through in order to get to this because this line over here the famous the rich the having what i want the instant gratification the yachts the cruises the money the everything possible the food the parties the clothing the fashion all of it the jewelry all of it it doesn't make them happy it doesn't if anything it makes them even worse so how what would you say the equation is? Na 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 na. I'm not giving it to you. You know it. I taught all year in breakthrough, and t- this morning we said it. Is it the fast? Are you guys here? Is anyone alive? Just throw things out. Just say it. What do you think? Just say whatever comes to mind. Empty life. Empty life. Okay. What will make a human being happy? Running towards discomfort. You have to Don't copy me. Explain what that means, though. That's a good answer. Why does that mean? Um, like doing things that are not better or good for you that you don't like. Like waking up early. Like... What is it? Change. What kind of change? What do you mean when you say change? Your face. Very good. Excellent. What we're seeing here. What we're learning here, what we're understanding here, and we're understanding this from Hashem's, Hashem's way of dealing with us, 
is that he gives us, he pokes us and prods us, and he gives us fast days, and he gives us these, these things that we need to do, like prayer, like tzniyas, like Shabbos. He gives us all these things, and he almost like these, these are the exact opposite of what we think will make a person happy. Don't limit a person. She wants to go and hug that guy. Let her go hug him. He's so, he's so nice. He makes her so happy. Go! Just be happy. Right? That's the world. The world is just be happy, so do what you want. And what we're learning is uh, to be happy is not doing what we want. What comes up, not not doing what we want, but not doing everything that we want exactly when we want it, how we want it. The limiting ourselves, the telling myself, the training myself, almost like a child, telling myself, no, no, I'm not going to go to sleep today at midnight. I'm not going to go to sleep today at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to eat nachos at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go to bed at 10.30, so I can wake up and go to class and daven and have, and I don't want to, I want to hang out, I want, but I am going to train myself to do what's good even though I don't want to, and then the result will be a happier, more fulfilled, more awake human being. You understand? So the idea is almost like when we raise kids, we tell them, go brush your teeth, we tell them, go to sleep on time, we tell them all these things that they have to do that they don't want to do. When they get a little older, we tell them to take a sitter and daven before they start their day. We tell them to put on a kippah, put on titties. We tell them that now they do this and now they do that. We tell them on Chavez that they don't do all these things. We tell them to go to the dentist, we take them to the dentist, we tell them not to eat the sugar, we give them a carrot. And they don't want to. They don't want to. They want to do the exact opposite. They, their instinct is, yes to stay up late, yes to eat all the sugar in the house, never go to the dentist, never brush their teeth, never to go to school, never to pray. Who cares? They don't want to. So our instinct, our inner instinct, is the yetzer lev adam raminu rav. The yetzer that we have, the instinct that we have from when, the inclination that we have from when we're little, is towards ra. It's towards things that are really not productive for me. They're not productive for me. They're not building for me. They're not helpful for me. The things that are helpful for me, the things that are building for me, are the times where I challenge myself. Times where I tell myself, no, no, there's no eating today. There's no eating today because there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. So for Tanis Esther. Tanis Esther. So first and foremost, a fast is healthy physically. A fast is healthy spiritually. How is a fast healthy spiritually? So even though Ravel Yaukitov says, by fasting and just fasting, it's like taking the fruit, peeling and eating the peel and throwing out the fruit. That's true, 100%. That's, that's a higher level of spiritual involvement. But even just by the fact that you're fasting, even if you're in bed all day, the act of abstaining for, from food, because Hashem said so, that in and of itself creates a shift in you, inside of you. It creates a shift inside of you. Anything that you do, anything that you do, anything that you do for the good, or for the bad, creates a shift inside of you and makes you lean more towards that type of thing. Makes you more that thing. Which means, if you are now showing, you're, you're experiencing, you're portraying self-control, you can go and break your fast. You're no, no, nothing's going to happen to you if you break your fast. Like on the outside. Nothing. <laughs> but the fact that you do it, and you stand up to yourself and you say, I am going to, I am going to challenge myself till six o'clock. I am going to withstain, what is it? Abstain. I'm going to abstain from my inclination of going towards the ra. Right now it's ra to eat. Right now it's not good to eat. 
Okay, for us. For people that are sick or people that have a different experience, that's, that's not ra. But right now it's going towards something that just wants it. I just want it. Just like the kid just wants to stay up late watching movies. He just wants to stay up late eating. Right? Sugar. He just wants it. So abstaining from it, the act of abstaining from it, creates an internal shift. Creates a spiritual shift inside. And all of a sudden, at the end of the fast, you feel lighter, more energized. You feel something shift. How is that possible? So physically, it's, it's clearing out your toxicity. That's why you feel better. Because okay? when there's no toxicity in the body, the person feels healthier and more alive and more energetic. Okay? People that are sick, it's because their cells are sick and they have no energy because all the energy is going towards the illness and the sickness. So when there's no sickness and no illness and no bad food and no chemicals and none of that in there, the person automatically flourishes like a flower. Okay? So that's on the physical end. On the spiritual realm, what happens is the abstinence, the staying away, the, the challenging myself when there's no one that's telling me to do it and there's no one's going to punish me if I don't do it and I'm not going to get hit by a lightning bolt if I don't do it. Okay? The challenge of myself makes me into a stronger person spiritually. And a stronger person spiritually is a stronger me because I am my soul. I have a body. I am a soul. Right? So oftentimes, people that are doing things that are really, really good for them and beneficial for them are not smiling when they're doing it. You go to the gym, you see people tearing their muscles apart. Literally, that's what they're doing. They're tearing the fibers of their muscle in order to get more muscle. Right? They're not happy. The expression on their face is, they don't look like they're enjoying themselves. They don't look like, yay, ice cream. They don't do that. They're working. They're sweating. They're crying from pain. But what? what what's, the, what's the understanding behind that? That no pain, no gain. That's the bottom line. That is the formula. When I was telling you about the formula, this is the formula for an effective, successful, happy human being. The more you are able to abstain or push yourself towards discomfort, even if it's slight, literally, even if it's that cup of water before your cup of coffee or picking up that person's sweater from the floor or smiling at that person, even if you don't feel like it or giving someone to someone, even though you have issues with letting go of your stuff, but like doing it because it's hard for you. That my friends is the gym for our soul. And remember you are your soul. You're the nucleus of who you are is your soul, your emotions, your feelings, your wants, your desires, your aspirations, everything about you comes from your soul. It's not from your, your limb ligaments, it's not from your veins, it's not from your stomach, it's not from your legs, it's from your soul. You are your whole power, your whole energy is all inside your soul. That's who you are. So when you give these things to yourself, when you push yourself outside of these comforts, when you do the things that are more challenging for you, when you take that walk back to the dorm room through the park or give yourself another couple of steps before you get into the house because you know I'm challenging myself. I don't feel like I don't I just like feel like I'm going straight to bed. Yeah, I know. I'm going to push myself another minute, another minute and a half. Literally, I'm talking about minutes. I'm talking about seconds. These things make shifts inside. And these shifts, they're the gym for our neshama. And it's you. You're your neshama. So all of a sudden, you just feel more clear, more positive, more energized, more focused. You want to do more things. You're spiritually on. You have a spiritual, like, thing going on. Where, like, all of a sudden, you're motivated by yourself to go to a cave or to go to the hotel, to pray, to do chasad, to do things that are, are beneficial in this world. That's what happens. So what we're talking about today is, we're talking about, I want to teach you, 
We're going to 10 15. That's okay? We're good? Yeah? Fine? Yes? Yes? If anyone needs to leave, you can leave. Okay? What we're talking about today is I gave this class on uh, online, and I, when I researched it, they gave me a topic. I don't know. I didn't know what to do with this topic. They gave me a topic, find the connection between Purim and Atila Tadaim. Like, it took me five hours to come up with the connection, and when I found the connection, it was like, OMG, like that, like, wow, okay? I want to give it over a little bit over here right now, because I think it's huge. It's changed my life. It's, this class has changed my life, hands down changed my life. Seriously? And I gave it two days ago, so it's, it's really changing my life. I'm doing things because of it and I, that I've never done, and it's awesome. I'm not going to give you the whole class because we don't have time for it. I'm just going to give you the, the really chunky parts, the good parts, okay? I mean, it's all good, but... Okay, so like this. During the, during the time of Purim, right? During the times of, of Shushan, right? What was going on in Kalanshra was that it was after the first base Amigdash was destroyed. They were now in Galas and they were scattered. The king at the time, Khashverosh, had was ruled, ruling over 127 countries, which was most of the world. Okay? Then we have this party thing that comes up. And the Jews go to the party. The Jews go to the party. They're there for 180 days at this party. And we discussed this last time. They're doing, they're touching and they're experiencing everything the world has to offer. Every pleasure, every sin, they're, they're at it. They come out of the party. And at that point, there was a din in Shemaim that all of the Jewish people need to be eradicated, exterminated. There's a din in Shemaim. There's a din hanging over their head because of their actions. They've created a din in Shemaim. And now they are goners. Okay? Now what happens at this party? At this party is that what they're doing there is that they are slowly, 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 slowly wearing away at what? What are they wearing away at? Their spirituality. They're completely, completely uh, enmeshed in physical pleasures on every level. Food, sex, every single thing that they can possibly get their hands on, they're involved in. Now, what happens when the neshama, what happens when the neshama doesn't get air? Okay, we're going to call it air. Air is, that is a mitzvah. To show you my teeth for whatever odd reason is a mitzvah. When I need air, I smile at someone like this. When I feel emotionally, spiritually, eh, I go for air. What does that mean, go for air? I do things that I know is food for my soul, not my body. My body has its one lingo. My, my soul has a whole other lingo. And my soul is so me. Like when you're in a bad mood, when you're down, when you're sad, can you do anything that day? It's so hard to function. It's so hard to like show up in life. It's so hard. That's the soul. More than even, it's almost like having a stomachache. Can you, can you do anything when you have a stomachache? Can you do anything when your foot's broken, God forbid? Can you, no, you can't. It's really hard. It's very difficult to deal with pain, to live with pain and actually be a productive human being. Can't really do much. Same thing with the soul. So when I feel like my soul is hurting, God forbid, or when I feel like it's, it needs air, how do I know when it needs air? I know when it needs air when I don't feel good, when I'm not happy for an extended period of time, when I can't smile so much, when my relationships are getting stale, when I don't feel like teaching, when I don't feel like dominating, when I don't feel like learning, when I don't feel like going out. When I, that's when I know my neshama is getting stale. My neshama, I'm not, I'm not feeding. My neshama hasn't had breakfast today, dinner, lunch, in like a few days. So what do I do? I quickly reach for quick stuff. 
It's almost like when you're starving and you just reach for that granola bar because it's easy and it's ready and it's there. You just want to fill that hunger. Okay? Same thing. I reach for simple stuff that I know are going to give me light, are going to give me air. So what do I do? I make it an ish, a point to show someone my teeth because that's what God said. It's weird, but I get it. Okay? When you smile at someone like this, it's different than when you smile at someone like this. Okay? It does something else. There's a different energy that radiates. There's something else that comes out of you. And when I do that, it's a mitzvah. Cha-ching! Okay? When I do that, it's a mitzvah. I know, I'll give you another, uh, another story that happened recently. What happened recently, did I tell you about the story about my children with the schools? I was in like a lull for a long time, for like two weeks. And I, and I don't like going there. I don't like being in lulls for more than an hour or two. Okay? Because I don't want to. Okay? I don't like it. And I want to feel good. I want to feel nice. I want to be happy. I want to be a positive influence on my children and my students. <laughs> myself. And I decided to, my sister asked me if I can drive my niece, who just had a baby, to the hospital. I didn't tell you this story. Um, and that's what I did. I drove her to the hospital because her baby needed it was jaundiced and needed to be checked out by the doctor. I only did it because of this. I only did it because I was in such a stuck place for so long. I was like, if you don't remove yourself and do something that's uncomfortable for you that you don't feel like doing right now, it's not going to go away. And I was just teaching gratitude and I was just teaching chesed and I was teaching all these things. I was like, I'm doing it. I took her to the hospital. She's like, a few minutes. Okay? Now it's a new mother with a stroller and a this and a that. You know, it's like a whole thing. Uh, she gets into the car. We drive to Ankara. We get to Ankara. She's like, a few minutes. I'm waiting outside for an hour and a half. I'm going outside for an hour and a half. It's dreary. It's cold. I'm in pajamas. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't come out already. You know, like when you wait for someone, it's for like an hour and a half. It's a long time. So I decided that uh, I'm in this group. I'm in this Azer Metzion group that they have this like rides thing that people that are hostile, you know, people that have to go to treatment and whatever, they don't like taking buses. In Israel, a lot of people that are cancer patients, whatever, they go on buses to <laughs> chemo and they come home after chemo on buses. You know what I'm saying? It's like psycho. And, uh, okay, got it. Uh, so I, I'm in this group, Azermitzion, where all these sick people that go to hospitals, whatever, that they need rides. They're like, I'm already in Ankara. Maybe there's a person here that needs a ride back to remote where I live. Uh, so I send a message. I'm in Ankara. And two minutes later, the lady says, ah, there's a person. I pick up my head. I'm like in my car like this. I pick up my head. The lady's right there by the bus stop. Okay. Her daughter had some kind of massive stomach. Her daughter is 19. She... Her, her inside, stomach, whatever. She can't eat. She hasn't eaten in like three months. Okay, she's, she gets in the tube. Her, her stomach is messed up. Doesn't listen, doesn't digest. Um, so she was there. Anyway, I'm giving her a ride home. Her, my, she comes in the car. My niece comes in the car. I drive. We drive. She's like talking to me about this and that. She's like this Hasidic lady. I have like nothing to do with her. Like I, I'm like, hi, yeah, good, come, ride, bye. Right? Halfway through the ride, she's like, where do your kids go to school? I'm like, they go here and here. And she's like, oh, okay, do you want to change them to schools? I was like, I really want to change their schools. But, like, you know, Israelis, it's hard. Like, I don't cover my hair. They want to, like, even when I did cover my hair, they didn't accept me because I'm like, I look too, I look too out there, whatever. Well, I have one principal tell me, we can't accept your kids because you look pretty. I'm like, you understand that? It's like telling me you can't accept my kids because I look ugly. It's the same thing because of the way I look. So, uh, so I was like, okay, I put them in this more modern school, even though I wasn't so happy with it. I didn't want it. And she's like, do you want it? And I was like, I don't want it. But she's like, Hasidish. And, and she probably thinks I'm like not religious even. And like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, she's like, I have an idea. I'm like, thank you so much. Bye. 
She takes my number, she goes. A week later, she calls me. Hi, Deborah, this is the lady you gave a ride to, whatever. Yeah, okay, I have this number from this rabbi. He gets kids into schools. Um, he works for Leiv Achim. I'm like, Leiv Achim, that's like Kirov. She probably thinks I'm like this, like, not religious person. I'm like, thank you so much. Call him, call him. Okay, bye. Never called him. She calls me back a week later. Did you call the rabbi? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll call him. Bye. I'm like, I don't want to call this rabbi. I just don't want to. Anyway, the rabbi calls me. Oh, no, she tells me on the second conversation, she says to me, all he, ha- he has to come over to your house and meet your kids. I'm like, I don't want a rabbi to come over to my house and meet my kids. Like, I don't know who this guy is. I was not interested in the whole thing. The whole thing didn't sound good to me. He calls me. The rabbi calls me. Hi, my name is Tovia. Da-da-da-da-da. Israeli. Can I come meet your kids? I'm like, okay, come meet my kids. He comes to my house like a few days later. I totally forgot he's coming. I totally didn't write it down. I totally forgot. He calls me when he gets to Arshmoel, where I live. Where do you live? Um, oh, yeah, kids, quick. Get dressed. People are coming. They come. They speak. They leave. He calls me the next day. He's like, I have an idea for your son. Da-da-da. Make a really long story short. Both my kids are in today are in two amazing, amazing schools in Yerushalayim that there's no way in heck that I would have been able to get them into. The second school that we got my son into, the head of Leiv Achim, Rav Zarfani, who apparently has like really big name amongst the principals here in Israel, and it is very much be on them, like more than the average rabbi or whatever, calls the principal of the school and says, get, get her into the school. We came in for an interview. My son, I don't know what happened to him. He like went like blank. Everything they asked him, he was like, uh, I'm like, child, talk. Uh, I was like, they're like, what's one plus one? He's like, uh, I'm like, ah, he's smart. And he's also really, really smart. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, the interview went by really bad. So I was like, okay, we didn't get in. There's no way we got in uh, to get into the door was like impossible. Right. We got in the door and now he like, he totally messed up. My son was telling them stories about dinosaurs. Don't ask. And like these two rabbis were sitting there like, <laughs> and and then what happened was that this Rabbi Zarfani, the head of Leva Achim, gets on the phone, gets on the call with the principal and pushes, pushes, pushes my, for my son to get in. Baruch Hashem, my son got in. The school's super happy with him. My son is on a high. He came home singing, "If do us a shem if do us." And I'm like crying. Thank you, Hashem, because they were in a more modern school before, and there was no if do us a shem and there was, it was more like whatever, you know, whatever. Whenever all the kids were like into their shows, into their movies, here like the kids are like action, fun. You know, like into like they they yelp looking at each other, whatever, like as disses and whatever. It's cool. So what 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 am I trying to say here? Even though we have to end the class now, I'm trying to say that's what happens when we put ourselves in a position when we do things that are not fun for us, outside of our comfort zones, that are good for somebody else, that are good for 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 for, for us, but we don't want to do them are good for us. I don't feel like getting out of bed right now. It's a fast day. I don't feel like coming to class today. It's a fast day. I don't feel like fasting. It's a fast day. I don't want to. And we do it anyway. What ends up happening is from the back end, Hashem sends us brachos. When we do the things that we need to do and we don't want to do them, from the back end, Hashem sends us the things that we really need in our lives. And that's how it goes. Have an easy and meaningful and inspiring fast. And remember every moment that you're fasting and doing tshuva. If you do tshuva, which means go back here, go by your, by, by your room, go in somewhere, no one sees you. And for two minutes, stand there or sit there for two, three, four, five minutes by yourself in isolation with Hashem and say, Hashem, I want to use this fast day to bring me closer to you. I want to use this fast day to bring me closer to myself. 
I'm fasting anyway. Please, Hashem, I don't want to eat the peel and throw out the fruit. Please forgive me for my sins. I understand that a fast day is to move me spiritually. Please remove the sins from my soul like you're removing the chemicals from my body right now. Please remove my soul because all I want is to come closer to you. That's why I'm in Israel. That's why I'm coming to class. That's why I'm fasting. That's why I'm praying. That's why I'm keeping Shabbos. That's why I'm going to Megillah tonight. I'm doing all these things to come closer to you because that's what you said. So please, Hashem, make my journey easier, more fulfilling, more exciting. Make me more feel more alive, more connected to myself, to other people, happier. And you will see, you will get answered. You will see. When you ask anyone that puts out his hand, starting tonight, anyone that puts out his hand, from Shemaim, you are given. You put out your hand, you ask Hashem, and you're given. You just have to ask and believe that He can give you whatever you want. You have to believe Him. You have to believe that He can give you whatever you want. Ask like He could, because He could. Have a 